We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. SEO, or search engine optimization, in its broadest sense, is a very, very powerful and important source of traffic for any e-commerce operator on any platform. Google, Amazon, Pinterest, you name it. But Amazon SEO, or Amazon Keyword Ranking, if you will, is rightly more than important. It's almost an obsession of any really focused e-commerce operator who sells on Amazon. Getting your product listing to rank on Amazon for powerful keywords is indeed incredibly important get it wrong and it pretty much doomed your product to either low sales or fair sales but no profit frankly jason it's mostly a loss but i don't depress the listeners too much get it right though and it drives not only sales and revenue but most importantly profitable sales and healthy cash flow but there are quite a few myths and some misconceptions around this topic and above all i feel there's an unhealthy focus on hacks and trying to fool the algorithm, and it's not limited to Amazon, but that's particularly prevalent, rather than taking what I think of as a more strategic approach. Cutting Amazon SEO off from other business decisions like what market you sell into, cost structure, and optimizing your listings for conversion is not only mediocre thinking, it isn't really possible to separate those two with Amazon SEO in particular. So I'm really going to advocate a holistic approach that includes market choice, getting economics to your product right, and conversion optimization. In my view, that's the only effective approach to Amazon SEO. So that's the sort of framework for today's discussion. So today we're going to deep dive into this topic. And as with our recent episode on conversion, Jason, my aim for both of us is to help the listeners to increase their profits as they work to increase sales as well. Are you ready to dive into today's topic? Oh, I love it, man. Let's dive into this topic. I think it's going to be a great one and uh, really looking forward to it. So Let's start with the basics of it all. How do you define SEO? Well, tell us what the top level information is. Good question. So the, broadly, it is a Tommy Griffith, uh, a guest of mine uh, on the podcast, who was the uh, head of SEO for PayPal and Airbnb, says that it's a question of document relevant query. This sounds a bit academic, lest we forget the originators of SEO, the Google guys, were both PhD holders. So it is kind of a nerd's response to the question of how do I give a relevant answer to mm -hmm. a question, if you will, to put it most simply. And the Obviously, in Google, you're simply looking for answers. On Amazon, it's complicated by the fact you're looking for answers and you're then potentially going to go on and buy the product. So I guess that's one of the essential differences at the highest level between Google and Amazon. Document relevant query. That's interesting. So basically, your product listing is the document. Exactly. I guess relevance yeah. is a query mm -hmm. and relevance to a query is mm -hmm. really the mm -hmm. key word to bear in mind. I think that that's kind of a golden yeah. word to bear in mind, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So let's break this down for the conversation today. Who exactly is the right audience for this conversation? How would you explain kind of what you're going to lay out for us today? Well, broadly, as you said, it's most relevant to those who have the possibility of changing an Amazon listing. So for private label or custom product sellers, all of it's going to be relevant. So the strategic factors like, you know, how much you paid for your product, can you make the economics work anyway, and the market choice. For and market choice, I guess, to a degree is, is a relevant factor, actually, which I hadn't thought about. You know, if you choose to do retail arbitrage or something with 55 sellers on your listing, 
And that's going to be pretty grim, but that's not really an SEO question exactly. For anyone who gets to optimize the listing, it's still relevant. So wholesalers, if they can, you know, those who are doing wholesale sourcing, mm -hmm. if they can get permission from the brand owner to modify the listing, particularly that often comes with an exclusivity agreement, then it's very, very relevant to you. And it's underused. So that's a very powerful strategy. And for everybody, even including those who do retail arbitrage, advertising on Amazon, inevitably ties into organic SEO. And actually, if you didn't know, you can advertise on wholesale or retail arbitrage products profitably. And that means it is actually relevant part of your strategy. So you might help your listing rank organically better, which will benefit other people, but it will mm -hmm. also benefit you. So it's a little bit sort of tangential for RA, for wholesalers. It could be very relevant for private labelers, 100% relevant. Okay, great. I love it. So explain to us why the work here is so important. I mean, obviously we all know you can put a listing up real fast and uh, you can always use Amazon, you know, AdWords, basically it's its version of AdWords, yeah. <laughs> AMS as they used to call it. And now it's advertising it at Amazon or whatever. Can't you just like, you know, kind of throw it up there and, and use advertising to get the job done and put it at the top of the list? Or how does it, how does that not help? Or how is <laughs> SEO more important than that? Well, you can throw money at advertising and get it to the top of the list, but depends which list you're talking about. So on Amazon mm. search results, just like on Google, of course, you have your sponsored search results. In other words, that are advertising driven, and then you have your organic search results. The issue in both cases is really that the economics are against you. So on Amazon, you can rank some, to a degree by brute force, i.e. Mm -hmm. spending competition. But the difference between Amazon and your own direct to consumer site is an interesting one, because I've got one client, just, just the one at the moment he's got primarily just his own direct-to-consumer site, does not sell on Amazon. He did approach me and I said to him, look, I'm not a Shopify specialist. And he said, well, you know, there are various sort of strategy things I think you're good at and it's, it's working out so far. But anyway, he is really driving his uh, business by, by Google ads, right? But that's interesting because number one, his products range in cost from about, to the consumer from about $200, $300 up to $3,000. So that means the economics can work differently. And number two, he can upsell, downsell, cross-sell and all the things you can do as a direct-to-consumer site owner. We don't have that option on Amazon. So the economics almost definitely mean you lose money if you're just using ads. So on Amazon, I would say you have almost zero choice. You have to get organic SEO working. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, you've mentioned several platforms, you know, how do these all work together before we get into the nitty gritty of Amazon? Is there nuance there in terms of what to have on different platforms? And how do you think about SEO broader than Amazon? I think the reason that you need to think a bit broader is because Amazon themselves have strategic problems they need to solve. And if you align your mm -hmm. thinking with Amazon's thinking, or for that matter, if you're on Google with Google's thinking, then if you're in alignment with the big thrust, the great big waves and, and tides from these great big entities, then you're not swinging against the tide. So I think you need to understand a little bit about the broader picture. So in each um, SEO platform, Google, Amazon, indeed Spotify or Amazon Podcasts, those, those are the also SEO driven platforms. Mm -hmm. There are three players, really. There's the consumer or the customer searching. There's the platform itself run by a company that's not is for profit. It's not, not a charity and it's not a natural phenomenon or an act of God. It is a commercial entity. And then the third thing is the advertisers or sellers. That's us, the third party sellers. So really speaking, any SEO driven platform has to show the consumers relevant and helpful results. Sometimes there's even a bit of an e legal issue these days, but more commercially, it's kind of important so that, that people use Google instead of going to Bing or they use Amazon instead of Etsy, et cetera, right? or Walmart.com, their big ride 
survival. But there is a, a complicating factor there as well, to what extent the platform is pure SEO. So on Google, you'd say that traditionally people say there are three types of uh, consumers or people that are searching, which is surfers. They're just kind of bored and looking for cat videos, searches. They want answers to questions and shoppers. On Amazon, traditionally, we just say they're shoppers. Now, um, it is possible to find window shoppers on Amazon, which is another undesirable type of person because they, they click on your ads and cost you money and then they don't buy your products. But broadly speaking, that's a fair sort of division. So there are some differences, but they've always got this tension that needs to be negotiated between the needs of the consumer, the needs of the platform, and the needs of the third-party sellers who give these platforms advertising revenue. And that's always a basic thing to bear in mind when you're thinking about how to handle SEO on each platform. I like that. Okay, so that's an interesting tension point. I guess the other reason why understanding the broader platforms is important is because Google... Uh, frequently ranks the marketplaces, the selling marketplaces, Etsy, Amazon, eBay items. And I, I heard that Bezos basically built Amazon on the back of Google advertising and tapping into the Google, you know, system in the early days. I don't know if that's still true or not, like, you know, how much they are, you know, users of Google AdWords. But that's so, so you have to understand that, that you're not just optimizing for on-platform you know, broadly, you're also optimizing as opposed for Google at the same time in a way. That's a very good point, actually. Uh, Two things to that. First of all, I think Amazon is probably still one of the biggest, if not the Mm -hmm. biggest AdWords spender in the world. Um, So Google is bigger than Amazon. It's more general than Amazon. It's been around for longer. It's the starting point for the internet. But as even as people go directly to Amazon as a kind of product search engine, particularly in the USA, but across the, the world generally, Nevertheless, a lot of searches for products do start on Google. And if you optimize your listing for Amazon SEO, you're right that there is a knock-on effect for Google SEO. Although I would caution you against really focusing on Google SEO. I think Amazon SEO needs to come first. And if you get Mm -hmm. that right, Google will naturally sort of organically rank your products uh, anyway. So I would focus on Amazon SEO. But you're right, there's a potentially Mm -hmm. a knock-on effect that can happen as well. Yeah. So you've got the advertisers on the platforms, like the advertisers, people who are spending money on Google, or sorry, on, on Facebook. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so many platforms. Yeah. You've got advertisers on Amazon who are advertising against specific, you know, they're pushing products focused on specific key phrases. How do they factor into the mix on all of this? Well, they're kind of a confusing factor because all things being equal if you want to run uh, an seo platform that serves the consumers best you wouldn't have any advertisers now for Mm -hmm. for google or facebook i mean facebook is not a search driven platform i guess but for google or youtube which is now owned by google no no coincidence because it works the same way second biggest search engine in the world um that wouldn't work at all because the only stream they have is advertisers. So it's a bit like saying in in American TV, traditionally or commercial TV in the UK, particularly in America, they have vast quantity of ads. You you guys are pretty pretty poorly served as consumers. But the reason you have such a poor consumer experience but still staying tuned in, two things. Number one, everybody's doing it, so you haven't got a choice. And number two, the reason that the TV companies have so many ads is because the ads are what pay the money. So really their business model is advertisers pay us, and the only reason they pay us because we've got the consumers watching. So the consumers are kind of just cannon fodder for them to sell to the advertisers, and the advertisers make the economics mm-hmm. work, right? Now, Amazon's got a very difficult yeah. tension because Google just works that way, and it's simple. If they make their ads too big a percentage of the platform, people will go and use Bing, but that's the only tension. Now, Amazon has the tension that the consumers pay them for goods, and they want that to continue, and then they also get money from the advertisers. So there's a difficult tension yeah. there. What I would say is really on Amazon, the the tension is 
veering in the direction of it becoming an advertising platform because yeah. whenever Amazon sells a consumer any items, given that they're getting better and better shipping, it makes them less and less money. In fact, it loses them more and more money. So the mm -hmm. only way that the third party, that the retail arm of, of Amazon, and if we take AWS out of the picture, all of Amazon makes any money is apart from Prime, which comes to the consumers, pretty much driven from the third party sellers. And advertising is by far the most profitable thing. And therefore they're becoming more of an advertising platform in terms of the profits, but right. they have to still appear to the consumers like they're a search engine slash they're giving the best relevant results. Mm -hmm. And there's a mm -hmm. big tension there that we are caught in the middle of and you have to understand that big picture, I think. Yeah, because if you're a consumer and you're searching for whatever coffee you want, the best selling best coffee to come up, Absolutely. not the advertised the highest with the most marketing budget coffee to come up. That's the tension. And so that it is a real dance. I mean, I think a lot of us who use Amazon a lot focus on the, the BSRs and the best selling ranks. And we know that all things being equal, you can juice those with short term promotional tactics for a while. But if you look at a category over days or weeks, you'll see the organically best-selling uh, items and, you know, kind of get a feel for what actually high quality, you know, does look like, not just, you know, momentary high rank or pushed through campaigns or shenanigans or just straight advertised. Okay, so it's interesting, but the, these um, topics are common characteristics across all platforms. It's something that you had mentioned in some of our show notes. So what are the common characteristics across all platforms in your view and how does that r relate to all this? I think really document relevance is one thing, message to query mm -hmm. match, but then you've got the strategic level for the company and those tensions. So as I said, suggest to rearticulate because I think it's so important. If you think like your consumer, you're more likely to align with your consumer and that will work out in terms of them buying your profit products mm -hmm. and giving you good reviews. The same is true with you making the effort to understand the platforms you operate on. So mm -hmm. please, you know, you operate in the marketplace, you deal with these same tensions on Pixie Fair, right? Yeah. So I know the, the shareholder, in other words, the owners of the company, at least in your case, there's two of them rather than, you know, 10 mm -hmm. million or something, the searchers and the advertisers. So really got the tensions behind that drive the strategy, making money for the company right now, maximize advertising versus mm -hmm. keeping the end user the most relevant results, which means you, you maintain your market share. So Google has like 80% of the search market. Amazon has what, 40, 45, 50%, whatever it is of e-commerce. And then you've got to keep the advertisers on board as well, because if the, if the advertisers are making zero profit, it, hopefully if they're rational people, and many are not, it's <laughs> an interesting question, but the ones who are more rational and the bigger spenders will simply go elsewhere eventually. So those are the, the three sort of areas that they're constantly juggling. And if you can understand where they're at in their juggling at any given yeah. point, I think you can align yourself on a strategic level fairly simply without getting caught in the weeds of, you know, should you do this, that or the other tactic. Yeah, I mean it's it is it's so hard to balance that tension, and I think it, let's let's dive into some details on where start you know SEO optimizers start. But before we do that, I just to reinforce your point. I mean, our marketplace is 115 brands or so on Pixie Fair and over 3,000 products. And I can just tell you, at that tiny level, compared to Amazon, and we, you know, we've done, I think about three, 3 million transactions, but at that tiny level, 3000 products, discovery is a huge issue. And people who are searching for things on our catalog of 3000 still have a very challenging time. And we have a challenging time, you know, presenting things to people who are looking by category 
types, eras. There's just so many ways. And so I, it, it is a massive challenge, I think, for the marketplace holders, this whole issue of discovery. That's the key. I think that's the key thing for me behind all of SEO. It's not just actually sales tactics, copywriting. To me, it's actually discovery and match to query. Like, it, Are you serving them the right thing for what they're looking for? And if you are, they're going to buy it. And it's like, it's not to me, it's part of it to me is like, if I'm showing you the, what you're looking for, you're going to buy it if that's what you wanted. And it's just yeah. in a way that simple, but I know there's technical issues and fine points to dump, jump into here. So where do you start, Michael, with uh, people when they say, how do, how do I tune up my SEO work and, and how do I start on this journey? Well, I, you, what you just said is 100% right. The match to query, if, if you're giving a fantastic answer to a question or in the question of case of buying a physical product, a, a, an answer to mm-hmm. their need or a solution to their mm-hmm. problem, whatever you want to call it, that's going to work well. And to the extent that the marketplace owner and operator like you and Cinnamon on a small scale or Amazon a giant scale is successful at matching those two up, then it's sophisticated there and, and accurate their SEO work is the less mm-hmm. you have to worry about hacking the algorithm and the more you have to worry about just being good at serving the consumer, which is the good yeah. news and the bad news. The good news is if you've got a great product and you care about your consumers, that should serve you. And if the bad news is if you're just trying to hack and you've got a terrible product, then then your days are pretty much over. I was going to say number, they're pretty much over in the modern mm-hmm. era, I think. So for me, I would start assuming that you've chosen a decent market that you can win. And we'll talk a bit more about that, but assuming that yeah. and assuming that you got a product that solves your consumer's product uh, problems and they give you five-star reviews, which are two huge areas, but assuming you've got that right, then I would say you need to optimize your listing for conversion first. And the reason for that is two simple things. First of all, internal finances, profit and cash flow. If you go broke, it doesn't matter if your SEO strategy is great. But the second thing is, and this is you know unique to Amazon, not unique, but this is very strong on Amazon, and on Google, they've broken this link is because rank and conversion rate are intimately linked. And by the way, if you think about it, if you're trying to serve the end consumers, so they should be. If consumers vote with their feet and, and their wallet and buy stuff, that tells Amazon fairly commonsensically, yeah, well, actually, we've answered their query. So we should keep showing this listing for that keyword. So yeah. The yeah. better Amazon gets at this, to some degree, the more you should focus on pleasing the consumer. And so I think that's absolutely the starting point. The mm-hmm. product itself is not enough. It's about the messaging that you need to articulate. So that's the, yeah. the optimization piece. And that we've talked about that before. But even for Amazon SEO, that is the starting point. I like that. I, I take your point completely because you know serving the right product to the, to the customer who's doing the query is sort of an arbitrary response. You, you, you would have, let's say, 50 sellers on the other end of that saying, I'm the perfect product to, <laughs> to, fe- <laughs> give, to feature the, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to uh, use as a response. No, I am. No, I am. No, I am. At the end of the day, the algorithm is going to dictate the truth by saying which one converts the best. And they'll lean into that more and more. And I think that makes sense because it is a practical outcome that, Amazon can say, we know the truth is, you know, we've served all of these, you know, 10 items or 50 items. And this one performs best when the customer actually has to make a purchasing decision. And so I think that you're right, that there's a lot of logic in that. So focusing on conversion optimization is a key part of this for us. And and to your point, that's what we want to, I mean, we want to make maximum money with minimum visitors to our product page. So this is the, the you know, first point of it. Yeah. Great. So how do we do it? What do we do? 
To your point, Jason, I think Amazon is getting better at making sure that the results are relevant. And actually, therefore, it's not a kind of moral obligation. It simply is actually uh, directly feeding into Amazon. It's not just a nice theory or a, a common sense or even marketing logic. It's actually showing up in the statistics that I've, I'm privy to as well. So how do we do this? And we discussed elsewhere about optimization. Just a quick recap, understand and articulate are the two things I would say. That First of all, understand your customer's pain, the person you're dealing with in their psychographics, make sure the product to market match is great. That'll only show up when it's in their hands, by the way. But once it's in their hands, they give you great reviews. And that is the mechanism that feeds it back into conversion rates. And then understand your benefits and make sure you're, you're really clear about what's different about your product to other people. Nothing new, but a lot of this work gets kind of done at a superficial level. And you have to deep dive and be very, very meticulous and thorough and methodical about it. And then the second thing is, to, once you've identified all this stuff, you need to put this across in words, images, and, and video marketing. That is, again, incredibly good, thorough, and above all, absolutely crystal clear and making sure that it is written and filmed and, and shot in a way that appeals to your target customer. We've talked about that before, but if you're trying to rank on Amazon and mm -hmm. you haven't done it yet, go do that first. Mm, I love it. Okay, so how does that tie into BSRs of bestseller rankings and, and that kind of thing? So the pivot point, if you like, between listings and rankings is the keywords themselves. But the piece that people miss is that the clicks and conversions, which is to say add to cart or orders that come after a consumer has searched via those keywords, clicked on your listing or not, and then added its cart or not and bought it or not, are measured by Amazon and will directly feed back into your SEO, your search engine optimization. Really, SEO on Amazon seems a bit primitive compared to Google. But when you think about it, Google has all sorts of ways to think the problem that it has to solve a very complex question, which is what's in the mind of the searcher? Have they had their question answered? And that's quite a subtle thing to answer. Whereas with Amazon, the end result is buying. And that's, as you said, a much more concrete signal to deal with. So really, two, two things on the listing. Number one is keyword targeting. You've got to target the right keywords. Make sure they're in the listing. You know. But number two, make sure they're relevant to the customer. In other words, you're offering a great solution to the problem they have. If you are selling, you know, blue widgets, I don't know, um, blue iPhone holder, then do not put the word red iPhone holder in, even though some people will click on it and the odd person will buy because not many people will buy and Amazon's algorithm will notice that and start penalizing you, not only for the word red um, iPhone holder, but if you do it often enough, they'll start to just generally derank your listing because you're not actually playing by their rules, which is their overall thrust is to try and answer these tensions I've discussed, which is they need to give relevant answers to consumers. And if you keep mm -hmm. giving irrelevant answers as a platform, consumers will disappear and yeah. they know that. So at some point they will punish you for irrelevance. So relevance is absolutely critical. The other thing to okay. think about as a broader thing is search intent, which means when somebody puts in a keyword into Amazon or for that matter, Google, what are they wanting to achieve? If somebody puts in headache mm -hmm. pills, they don't want pills that give you a headache. They want pills that take away the headache. It's kind of obvious, right? But some things are a bit more subtle than that. I mean, if somebody puts in back brace, they're probably wanting to solve the problem of back pain. It's just possible that you might have something that isn't strictly a back brace, but is so closely aligned with that search intent that you mm -hmm. could, should consider putting that keyword in. So you have to think like a human being and not just be literal minded about this as well. Solutions to problems. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The E-Commerce Leader. Now, obviously, Amazon SEO or keyword ranking or simply product ranking, listing ranking, any of those terms 
very, very basic and incredibly important topic. So I don't apologize for us camping on it for a while, but I'm aware that today we didn't give you many actionable tactics. And I promise that those are coming up. We're going to do another couple of episodes on this topic because it's so important to our listeners and our clients. But here's the thing. I do think that understanding the overall picture particularly if you intend to be around this for a long term and or substantial amount of your money is coming from this, that you need to have a bigger picture understanding of what's going on because the latest tactics may work for a while and then they'll stop working. Whereas if you have a an understanding of the strategic drivers of the situation, I think you can work out some of the stuff yourself or you can understand the situation better. I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said something like a man who follows practices is sure to hit problems, whereas a man who follows principles is is in better shape. That's not how he put it. And for man, read woman or person, obviously. But you get the idea. So that said, today, what we covered, just to recap, is first of all, what is the meaning of SEO? And the answer is really about search engines being there to give relevant results to searches. What does relevant mean? Well, it helps them solve a problem. So there's a question of search intent. What is the person trying to do when they are you know, on the platform? This the sort of business model that Amazon SEO is important for. And the answer is really whoever can change a listing and optimize it, which brings us really to why listing conversion optimization is inseparable from SEO on the Amazon platform, which is one place where it differs from Google. If you sell more stuff because of people visiting your listings on or web page on Google search results, that will not drive Google SEO directly, but it does on Amazon. And we have to understand that. We have to think about this three-way tension that is at the heart of SEO on all platforms between the platform itself and their shareholders who want to make profits, the consumers who are visiting who want really good quality, relevant results and the advertising budget, the needs of the advertisers. And in fact, the, the platform's kind of split between the immediate payoff of money from advertisers versus the longer term loyalty of consumers. So we've got to always be aware of that tension and how any particular platform is trying to solve it on a particular problem uh, point. Um, so some strategy level stuff there. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the three essential digital marketing metrics for SEO on all platforms, including Amazon, how those metrics show up on Amazon. There are a few issues there and how to get around them, how the budget ties into Amazon SEO, how to try and evaluate the keywords worth trying to rank for and how long tail keywords factor into Amazon SEO to name but a few. So lots of detail worth thinking through. This is not something that you're going to solve overnight. Um, nor is it an area that is so unimportant that you can just listen to one podcast and that's it, you're done. I think you need to educate yourself about this in a deep level. Hopefully we're part of that. If you find what we're doing valuable, then we'd love to get your highest and best review on the Amazon, sorry, the Apple podcast platform, talking of SEO platforms, another one. Um, so if you can give us a rating, one, two, three, four, or five star reviews, but also on any podcast player, the more downloads we get, that's the main sort of SEO ranking factor. If you like on Amazon, um, sorry, on Apple, all these <laughs> digital platforms that start with a Apple podcasts is what I'm saying, or Spotify or anything else. So it's really helpful to us if you do give us a download or if you just subscribe, even if you listen regularly anyway. We'd really appreciate that's pretty much the only thing we're ever going to ask from you. If one day you want to work with myself or Jason, then you're very, very welcome to apply and we can have a conversation in, in both cases. We're both application only for our masterminds or one-to-one -one mentoring. 
But for the majority of listeners, we're never going to take a penny off you. And that is absolutely fine by us. We want to help you the best we can. It's our honour to serve you. But all we'd ask in return is a little bit of love with a subscription. So if you can do that for us, that would be amazing. And we will continue to help you become the best e-commerce leader you can be. Thanks for listening. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.